It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Vikings Bucks, four days away. We've got X-Factors. We're talking Jefferson contract and the NFC North as a whole on today's Minnesota football party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. Welcome in on a Reggie Wilson Wednesday. It's the Minnesota football party on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Plenty to get to today. We're talking Vikings bucks for the whole show. And we've got Luke Inman and Reggie Wilson by my side. Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. Reggie Wilson, Care 11 sports director and anchor joining us as he does every Wednesday and Friday. He's on X at Reggie Wilson TV. And I'm Sam Ekstrom at Sam Ekstrom, part of the Ron Johnson show. Minnesota football party, of course, and Minnesota sports rank them here on the network. And guys, we got to jump right in because it's Vikings bucks week one game week. We're going to talk about all the X factors in this game. How bad a loss would it be if they lost this game? We'll talk about how damaging that could be if things go the wrong way for the favored Vikings. And is Justin Jefferson going to sign before this game and for that matter is Mike Evans going to sign before this game because it sounds like he might just skip the game if he doesn't get a new contract which is really weird um but we'll jump into all of that after I remind you that we're brought to you by FanDuel FanDuel.com slash locked on to make every moment more it's America's number one sports book check it out today get in the action at FanDuel Reggie Wilson, we're four days away from Vikings football. We made it through this long offseason, this long preseason, and here we are. Vikings will be back at the facility today practicing. We'll get the injury report for the first time, and uh, we'll get all the info from Kirk Cousins. Kevin O'Connell will spill the beans, I'm sure, about the game plan. But Reggie, start with this. Give me an X factor for the Minnesota Vikings, someone below the radar. I don't want to hear Kirk. I don't want to hear J.J., Give me someone else who's going to have an impact on this game. For me, it's uh, Alexander Madison. Um, This is going to be a chance for him to have like a coming out party, if you will, for this offense. He's going to kind of help balance this thing out for them. And he's going to be a guy that they're going to be looking to, to really, you know, fill those shoes in Dalvin's absence as he's up there living his best life in New York. And so they've praised him. All offseason, all camp long, I remember uh, Wes Phillips saying, you know, people don't understand just how good he is. And all right, this is the time. This is the first time to show it. I'm just looking forward to seeing like uh, an explosive offense against the Bucs. You know, they still have some of those pillars on that defense, um, you know, from their their Super Bowl run. And and even, you know, last year with Brady, they kind of got carved up a little bit. Uh, in that playoff game against the Cowboys. And so I'm interested to see what happens uh, with what Bucks team kind of shows up because I think so many people may have been looking at this game as kind of like a, an easy week one game, but I don't think it's going to be very easy at all. And so if, if Madison can kind of get going, it can help balance this offense, help them stay ahead of the chains, I think they could have a lot of success on Sunday. Spinman. A lot of questions still remaining 
that we asked near the draft, near OTAs and minicamp, what's this interior offensive line look like? That's going to be my big X factor, specifically that combo of Garrett Bradbury playing next to Ed Ingram. Can Ed Ingram make that second step in year two? Can Garrett Bradbury and this entire offensive line, for that matter, really take a huge step forward from last year with the continuity, right? Sounds a little cliche, but everything you hear from coaches say, it should make the world of difference as well. But, you know, this offense, guys, is supposed to be the identity of the team. The defense is going to be fun. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to have its highs. It's going to have its lows. But you're really going to have to lean into this offense, becoming that top five unit that I think a lot of people expected. You drafted a first-round wide receiver to pair up with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, one through three with K.J. Osborne as well, maybe one of the better one, two, three units at that specific position the entire league. You just paid T.J. Hawkinson all that money, got rid of Dalvin Cook, but you feel good about this running back by committee with Alexander Madison finally getting this shot. It comes down to the offensive line, though. Kirk Cousins, the most hit quarterback last year. I want to see... How they hold up against a sneaky good interior unit with Vita Villa and now the rookie from Pitt, Kalijah Kansi, a first rounder who, Sam, you and I both like. I'm excited to see what he looks like in his first NFL game. How they hold up against this pretty under the radar, but a defense that ranked 13th in the league last year, 10th in, in yards allowed. Um, not getting a lot of love anymore just because obviously the Brady era is over. The X factor for me, how does that interior offensive line hold up? They don't have to go on the road week one. So we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, interior line, a lot of people, not just me, a lot of people are going to be looking at Ed Ingram and Garrett Bradbury week one. Yeah, you're looking to the interior line. I'm looking just outside the offensive line. I'm looking at the guy they paid surprisingly big money to they splashed on Josh Oliver as much as they have really any free agents. I mean, Byron Murphy. Yes. Um, they brought in a couple of guys, but a three-year deal for Josh Oliver, 21 million bucks. They've committed to this guy. This is going to be a part of their offense going forward. You know, the cliche, you don't win when you run, you run when you win. Have you guys heard that one? Um, I think if the Vikings can use their explosive passing game to build leads, and then use this new look running game to sit on those leads and get to the end of the game and choose some clock, give their defense a break. I think that would be a nice little formula. And that might not be the modern approach. People might say, no, you got to keep passing. You got to keep running up the score. I wouldn't mind having a running game that could reliably move the chains and convert a couple first downs when you need it in the second half. And Josh Oliver, not only I think is he going to be a, a mild threat in the passing game, more than we expect, but he is going to be so influential in the run game. Uh, Luke, I know you've got a mind like a steel trap. Do you remember the first two home games of 2019 when the Vikings blew the doors off Atlanta and Oakland? They mm -hmm. got early leads. Their defense created a couple turnovers. They were up by like three possessions in the first half. And then they ran it. They ran it 38 times in both those games. Kirk Cousins threw it 10 times and 21 times in those games. That's all that was required for the Vikings to win handily in those two games. And I wonder if that's not a formula that could be duplicated a bit this season. Instead of having to pass their way back into football games, let's reverse it. Let's do the passing on the front end, and then let's see if we can establish the run once the Vikings have gotten the lead. How does that sound, everybody? Sound good? Sound good? Easy enough? I'm going to get yeah, a nod no from Reggie. Okay. Yeah, no so problem. Perfect. Easy peasy. Uh, no problem. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Dalvin they should just Cook. listen to you. 
Dalvin Cook, week three versus the Raiders that year, 2019. 16 carries, a buck, 10, and a touchdown, averaging nearly five yards per carry. Alexander Madison adds another 12 for 58 as well. Kirk Cousins ran for four. Mike Boone even got in on the action. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen on a jet sweep. Yeah, they really ground and pound for sure. But again, that came after they put up all those points. Good call out there. Good little flashback, 2019, Sam. You know, speaking of Madison in the running game, one of our predictions, we're doing the prediction segment on tomorrow's football party, Luke. One of the predictions is going to be Alexander Madison hurdles this year. I don't know what the over-under is quite yet. I haven't consulted my bookie. But remember 2019, Alexander Madison just hurdled people to the point where I wrote an article about him and how his hurdling background in high school helped him hurdle people in the NFL. It was actually a great story. I was very proud of it. Um, but we didn't. We haven't seen the hurdles as much, Luke. I wonder if he got a little spooked. I know Mike Zimmer wasn't that fond of them. Um, we need to see more hurdling this year. I think that's for Reggie's X factor, Alexander Madison. I expect no less than three hurdles in Sunday's game. That was his thing, man. That was becoming mm-hmm. his MO. I got to think after a while, you sit there with the coaches grinding the film. I got to think after a while, these coaches just started looking at him saying, dude, we're done. No more, man. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. You're putting your body and yourself in a very vulnerable position. We get it. You can do it. You're the man. That's cool. But Pump the brakes, man. Too much. Just just yeah. put that head down and bully over and try to get that extra yard or two. Quit trying to make sports in our top 10 every week, will you? Yeah, there, and there might have been a concussion, I think, in, in one of the first two seasons that stemmed from a hurdling attempt. So I, I think that might have been the end of those. Um, but I'd like to bring him back. So if I think we all agree the Vikings should win this game. FanDuel agrees. Let's take a look at the latest line. But it's been six and a half for pretty much the entire offseason. Okay, it's down to six. I think that means there's some action on the Bucks, but six points, that's still a pretty big uh, line in favor of the Vikings. How bad would this loss be? I mean, how how bad would this be on par with losing to San Francisco to start the year in 2015, a team that I think won two or three games all year? Um, would this be a real damaging blow in a short relatively short NFL season, you only get 17 cracks at it, to lose this game with Philadelphia on the road coming up four days later. Reg, how tough would this one be to stomach if the Vikings can't get it done? Yeah, it'd be pretty bad because I think, you know, so many people are probably already calling that week two game a loss, especially considering how it looked last year in Philly. And so if they were to lose this game to the Bucs, like that would not be an ideal start for them. Put them in the hole early and then it would just be them trying to climb out of it. And, you know, when you lose like that and if you you lose a couple in a row, a little bit of that desperation starts to, to sink in. And so it's it's. Now it's a it's a thing, you know, it's like this cloud there. And so I just look, I don't know that the Bucks are going to win more than like six or seven games this year. You know, Baker Mayfield reclamation project. I, I don't know if I necessarily believe in that. Uh, then you, you look at Mike Evans. If, if he doesn't play on Sunday, that would really be a thing. If the Vikings lose, you're like, OK, what are we doing? What what is. What is happening? Baker Mayfield doesn't even have his top target and and you lose to these guys. Like, I think that they need to come out and like establish themselves early and put the pressure on often. I like your idea of just passing it, passing it, 
and then running that thing out uh, towards the end to to put it away. Like I think they need to come out with their hair on fire and and you know act like Tom Brady is still playing for the Bucks because this is not a game that you want to lose, especially with some of these tough ones coming up. You know, you got the Chargers after that. Like these are going to be some tough games coming up. The strength of schedule is is real for the Vikings this year, and so the the gimme games. You got to have them. And if that doesn't happen, whew, I don't know. 13 wins last year. It might be a struggle this year for KLC. You could make an argument that they will not be favored by this much again all season on the line because a lot of the t- the weaker opponents they play are on the road. You know, the Atlantas, the Carolinas, the depending how you feel about Denver, those road games will still be tricky even though the opponent isn't as strong. This might be the biggest uh, spread the Vikings have all year, Luke. Yeah, I mean, okay, 17 games. All right. This only counts as one of them. Win or lose, still a long gauntlet of a season. This one game isn't going to determine your season either way. You brought up a great point. 2015, blown out on Monday Night Football versus Sam Fran, who ended up being terrible. Vikings went on to win the division. Double-digit wins that year. So um, I don't want to overreact too much, but having said that, I can't think of a season nor a schedule that would be a bigger punch to the gut if they lose this week one. You already mentioned at Philly week two. Okay, so now you're looking down the barrel 0-2. Then you got to come back home to the Chargers. They added Kellen Moore. They're supposed to be better. You want the Chargers at the end of the year because they're the team that notoriously gets hurt and banged up by that final half of the season, those last six games. Now you got a healthy Joey Bosa, a healthy Rashawn Slater, one of the best up-and-coming left tackles in the league. Derwin James is fully healthy again as well. That scares the heck out of me, not to mention on the road versus the number one pick, Bryce Young in Carolina, Adam Thielen reunion, followed that up by the Chiefs. You can't lose this game, guys. I mean, that would be such a punch to the gut. That would be a brutal way to start and would just make things that are already going to be very difficult this first quarter of the season that much harder. That would be tough pill to swallow, guys. I don't know if I've spent too much time around you and Reggie. I thought when I first saw this schedule, I thought it was gettable. And now I look at it again and maybe I'm just, I've, I've kind of fallen prey to all of the pre, the preseason hype. I like now I'm convinced that Carolina is a tougher out. I'm convinced that Chicago is tougher in Atlanta. Like maybe I'm just assuming all these bad teams are, are going to be better. But it does look harder to my eye than it used to. I used to think that there were that there was an easy path to, you know, being eight and four at the bye, and now it's not going to be easy. I, I I no longer am optimistic about the the schedule strength, if you will. So thank you guys for bringing me down. That. <laughs> I I think Sam the one of the issues uh, are you saw this Vikings team, you know you you've been at yeah. camp all summer. You've seen some of the the deficiencies that they may have this upcoming season. You saw the moves that they made to improve the team and, or the lack of moves that they've mm-hmm. made to improve the defense. And I think that probably is a factor. You've seen the team and you've seen what exactly they could be, which is we don't know, especially with how this defense is going to be. We don't really know who's going to step up. We don't really know, you know, beyond like, Daniil being on that that pass rush. We don't know what we're going to get from Davenport. We don't know what, you know, we're going to get from the secondary. We know what we can get from 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 Harry, but we're not really sure what to what to 
expect from the linebacker group as well. Like there are so many question marks. I think you may just not be as secure <laughs> with this Vikings team after watching them all camp and, and OTAs and mini camp and all that. You're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's some doubt there. Do, do you want to be yeah, my therapist, I, I, Reggie? We, we didn't mean to pop your bubble you, there, Sam. You psycho. Reggie just like saw into my soul, though. Reggie just like saw exactly what was going on. And how I will say this feel, too: it's, as Debbie of a downer as I've been about this schedule, I think it's absolutely brutal. No way can you lose Week One. So much can change throughout the NFL season. There's so much parity. I mean, you look at you know Week Eleven at Denver. Both these teams could look completely different by then. I still think the Vikings are going to be very competitive. I still think there's a world where they win double-digit games. But having said all that, I think this entire season and division is still going to come down to the final three games of the season. Detroit, Green Bay, Detroit. That should, at least on paper right now, I know it's not even week one yet, but I still think that will ultimately be the deciding factor in who wins the NFC North. And again, both teams could look vastly different by then and probably will. You could see Hendon Hooker starting for the Detroit Lions. Sam, can you imagine that with the division on the line week 18? Well, they'd be screwed because Hendon Hooker is awesome. Yeah, the Vikings would be screwed. Vikings would be screwed. Absolutely. Vikings would be screwed. Yeah, because Hendon Hooker is obviously the next, uh, the next what? Joe Montana? Tom Brady, probably. Doug Flutie. Whatever Doug, you want. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Throwing Flutie. Out. Throwing Hail Marys. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk Justin Jefferson contract. A reminder that people can take advantage of some great promotions at FanDuel right now. It's America's number one sportsbook for a reason. For deals like this, new customers, bet five bucks. That's all you need to put on the line. You get 200 deposited right into your account in bonus bets. That is guaranteed, and you can put that on the spreads, the money lines, the props, the futures, other sports as well. Hundreds of ways to wager at FanDuel. The other promotion, all customers can bet five and get $100 off the new NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube or YouTube TV, that's the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch all the games in every market, and you can get 100 bucks off just by betting $5 at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's the website you go to to get started. Also, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is so easy to use and gives you so many options to make the moment more this season in the NFL. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. All right, gentlemen, Justin Jefferson does not have a contract wouldn't call it any sort of holdout or any sort of contention, not like the Mike Evans situation on the other side of the aisle. That one's messy and a little bit strange, as we talked about on yesterday's Minnesota football party. Go check that one out. But Justin Jefferson, four days out from the season, and you would assume that week one is sort of the cutoff to get things like this done. Diana Rossini has had a pulse on this situation the whole time. She tweeted 23 hours ago, we have football this week, and there are four contract extensions on the table for players that are generational talents. Joe Burrow, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and Justin Jefferson. These are all future Hall of Famers that could respectively sign record deals. So the deal's on the table. I don't know if that's breaking news or not. I think we've assumed that there have been negotiations. There have been numbers exchanged back and forth. So will this thing get done? At the 11th hour, will this get done? I remember it was uh, Dalvin Cook who signed his extension the day before the season in 2020. Will we have a similar Justin Jefferson timeline here for the Vikings this year? Luke Inman. 
Boy, this one, I keep going back and forth on this, guys. It depends on what day you ask me. Now that the TJ Hawkinson deal's all wrapped up, it feels like the rumblings that we've heard the last two, three, four weeks, it feels like they're very close to getting a deal done. So it wouldn't surprise anybody if they locked him up before week one, before Sunday at noon, before that kickoff. But, you know, you sign a, a mega superstar at wide receiver to a massive four, five, six-year, plus million dollar deal, I got to think as a GM and a head coach, you want to know what your quarterback situation is going to look like for the long term in the future. And just not knowing what their quarterback situation is going to look like just in 2024 alone with Kirk Cousins becoming a free agent. Obviously, we've talked long and hard about do they continue to give him a one-year extension? Do they look to the draft? Maybe next year. I don't know if either of you guys watched any college football at all. Holy smokes, guys, this quarterback class is looking fun, if nothing else, next year. And it feels like the game plan all along was, let's figure out the quarterback last. And in the meantime, let's set up and stock up and lock in all these guys around the quarterback. And that could mean not just Hawkinson and J.J. this year, but Christian Derrissaw early next offseason as well, something like that. I still think at the end of the day, they get a deal done, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to let JJ play this contract out. You still got a whole nother year on there. Worst case, absolute nightmare scenario for fans. They can tag him in the sixth year as well, and you still lock up his services through 2026. So um, they got some breathing room, but end of the day, I think they do get a deal done here, Sam, before Sunday at noon kickoff. Reg. Honestly, it's a little, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say disappointing, but it's its a little surprising that a deal hasn't been done yet. Like, this is a guy who is a franchise cornerstone for years to come. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL. In my mind, it's just like, give him a blank check, let him write down what he wants, and there you go. Like, it, it, it was a little perplexing to me that, Hawkinson got done before JJ and maybe it's well a deal for Hawkinson is a little bit easier than a deal for Jefferson but if you like the guy enough like pay him already and you know we've seen different ballparks for you know possibly a four-year contract you know Mm -hmm. upwards of 100 plus million being the highest paid non-quarterback in the league he deserves all of that Give him all the money. You know, I, I don't really know what the holdup has been and, and what the, you know, contentions are, you know, if there are any. But I would have thought that a deal like this would have gotten done way before now. Like, I would have thought that in between the time between uh, mini camp and training camp, there would have been a deal done. And he would have gone into training camp getting paid. You know, I, I just I really don't know what the holdup is there, but. I do think that something gets done before the game. I think it would be not shocking, but it would be pretty surprising if they don't get anything done before mm-hmm. the game on Sunday. But I think this is a guy that there's a it's just a no brainer to pay this guy and to pay him whatever it is that he commands because he's the best of the best and he's still so young and he's a guy to build around whether or not they do continue with Kirk Cousins or, you know, as Luke said, man, you know, Drake May was awesome. Caleb Williams continues to be awesome. Michael Penix, 
Dude, did you see that? Let's you go. Know, and, he and looked then, sharp, man. And then just just a little bit, you know, not saying that he he would be willing to come out, but what Shador Sanders did as well oh. looked looked pretty fun as well. But that, that throwing motion bothers me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, it effective? It is different. It was it effective. Different. They're gonna they're probably yeah. gonna gonna work that thing out. To you know, if you remember, Aaron Rodgers throwing motion was kind of weird too. Uh, coming into the league, they'll they'll smooth that out. But that, yeah, yeah, regardless of what's going to happen at, at quarterback, you know, I think that's a guy that you lock up long term because he's a guy that you want to build around for years to come. Yeah, if uh, if Jefferson gets this deal by noon Sunday, what a masterclass he's put on this offseason for a star receiver to show up for almost all of OTAs and minicamp, to show up for the preseason, no holdouts. No verbal, you know, no threats behind the scenes. Nothing on, nothing publicly stated that said he was unhappy. Um, said all the right things and looked like he was at ease about the whole thing, confident about the whole thing, secure in himself. No weird injuries. I, contrast it to the tight end, who and like I, I'm sorry, like that's got to damage some relationships to some extent. Maybe it doesn't destroy relationships, but. When stuff like that happens, I'm sure there's tension. There has to be tension. And it doesn't seem like there's been any tension with Justin Jefferson this whole time. I would think, Reggie, you asked what the contentions might be. I guess it's like, how much are you going to set the record by? Are you going to set the record contract by $1 million per year mm -hmm. or $5 million per year? Like That has to be the conversation because undoubtedly, the, the annual value has to be over $30 million. That's just how these things work. You know, years go by, the cap goes up, you get bigger and bigger contracts, and he deserves it from what he's put on the field. So it's gonna, it's got to be like, all right, you know, we're trying to save $3 million against the cap in year three of this deal. How can we work that out? I'm guessing it's more of the nuts and bolts like that. You know, oh, do you want $33 million or $32 million per year? Stuff like that. I would hope that that's all it is, and they're not trying to lowball this guy. I think a deal gets done. I think a deal gets done more likely than not. Um, Luke, you were, that's what you said as well. And Reggie, you think it's more likely or less likely to get done? I think it's more likely. Yeah, I, yeah. I see it okay. happening. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, okay. and, and, and Sam, you're right. It's got to be over 30. That's a given. That's a no-brainer. For me, the bigger wild card is the length of this thing. Right. Because normally you see four or five-year extensions, right? Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown. But then you got a, a Cooper Cup situation, right? Who's averaging about 27, not 30, but 27. It was only a three-year extension on top of that. So you just look at those guys versus JJ. The big difference, Hill was 28 when he signed. Adams was 29. Cooper Cup was 28. JJ, I mean, what are we talking about? A couple of years younger than that, too. So just the length of this thing, I got to think, looking through the lens of Kwesi and KOC, they're trying to figure out, all right, what's this whole thing going to look like by the time this contract expires? How old will JJ be? Where will we be at as a you know franchise and a team and an offense, mm -hmm. things like that? But I'm very curious about what that thing looks like because like Cooper Cup, you have seen just three-year extensions from time to time. Yep, and Justin would have to be okay. He would have to want that, mm -hmm. and maybe he does. Mm -hmm. Maybe he wants to cash in now and then again uh, three, four years down the road. Uh, make sure you find the Sirius XM app for all of our content. Search Locked On Sports Minnesota, the SXM app. Good partners of ours here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Also find us for free on YouTube, the Locked On Sports Minnesota channel. Please subscribe. 
wherever you get your audio podcasts. We're also on Amazon Fire and Roku. Let's close with this, gentlemen. Uh, if you want, you can watch the Lions on Thursday night. Then you can watch the Packers and Bears after the Vikings game on Sunday. So you can really scout the whole NFC North this week. Lions Chiefs is getting a little more compelling because now Chris Jones is, you know, questionable to play with his holdout and Travis Kelsey's questionable to play with his hyperextension. Chiefs are favored by five and a half against the Lions on Thursday night. And then you've got the Bears favored by a point and a half against the Packers at home on Sunday. Uh, Reg, what's most intriguing to you about these other NFC North matchups this week? Look, man, the hype train, the hype train with the Lions is real. Dan the man, Jared Goff, like they're joined at the hip. And I just, I don't, for some reason, I just don't believe in the Lions. Like I want, I want to believe, but it's the Lions, man. Until they prove me wrong, like I'm just going to continue to not really believe. Um, What's going to be interesting is, is I think the Packers are going to be a lot better than people may give them credit for. And it's it's interesting that the Bears are favored. I think Green Bay is probably going to get it done against the Bears on Sunday. That's going to be a really good game, I think. Um, I think Jordan Love is going to, to prove some people wrong. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be Aaron Rodgers reincarnated, but I do think he's going to be pretty good in his own right. And so, I, look, I've been on record being a, a Justin Fields apologist. I, I believe in the kid. I think that he has great skills, and I think that he is going to be a, a great football player. Um, and they've done a lot to help him this year. I still think they're probably like a year away. But what I think is interesting about the Packers is they've got a great defense. Didn't really show up as much last year for Rodgers as maybe I think they were hoping for. But I think that shows up for them. And I also think that that he has a, a, a better weaponry uh, than Aaron Rodgers did last year. And so I think that's going to help him as well. And so I think the, the Packers are going to be fighting uh, for uh, their division hopes here under Jordan Love. And so I think that that game against the Bears is going to be a little bit more in the Packers' favor than a lot of people may think. Yeah, I can't wake up tomorrow first and foremost and just know we got such a juicy matchup here. Lions, Chiefs, hey, maybe Chiefs coming off that Super Bowl, a little Super Bowl hangover. Sam, you mentioned it. Travis Kels probably going to sit this one out. Think about it from the Chiefs' point of view. All right, a little hobbled. Maybe he could go. Got an early Thursday game, though. Man, long gauntlet 17-game season. Do we really want to risk our best player outside of our quarterback, Patrick Mahomes? Travis Kels, long-term health. For this one game, I think he sits out. Chris Jones, probably not going to suit up as well. Watch out, man. Could be some fireworks. I'm with you, Reg. The Lion hype train has gotten ridiculous at this point, but I think they got a fighter's chance to go in there and shock some people tomorrow night. Having said that, what am I more intrigued about? It's without a doubt. It actually is this Packers-Bears matchup because, first of all, any division matchup is going to tell you a lot. These two teams know each other so well, but having said that, there's been so much made all offseason for months and months about these two quarterbacks, and we don't know who they are as quarterbacks. We know Justin Fields is talented, and he can run, but what is he in year three as a quarterback? Who is Jordan Love? Excuse me. Is he good? Is he going to be good, guys? Be able to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for all those years? Uh, Reggie's right. He does have some good weapons. I think 
although the Lions Chiefs is going to provide some more fireworks and entertainment as a Thursday night primetime game, I think this game, Bears-Packers, is going to tell us a whole lot more about what this NFC North is going to look like, not just this year, guys, but for the future as well, because it all comes down to those two quarterbacks and how they play this year, I think, in 2023. Yeah, it, it's always very clear going into seasons what your rooting interest is, because We've always known that, well, you need the Packers to lose. If you're a Vikings fan, you cheer against the Packers. And that's not cut and dried anymore. It's it's not clear which team you really want to lose that Bears-Packers game because you don't know what the teams are at all. You don't know what Jordan Love is most critically. Um, I would think the Packers are, are probably on a better trajectory still than the Bears, but that's no longer a guarantee in this division. It's going to be super interesting. Lions-Chiefs, the, the best um, move the Lions made was keeping that offensive coordinator. And remember, even when they were losing games early last year, the offense still looked pretty good. Like that, that running game was really efficient and occasionally explosive. Jared Goff looked kind of back how he did when he was leading the Rams to a Super Bowl a little bit. So if they can tap into that and get that defense just a hair better, they're really guys trying to do what the Vikings are trying to do. They're trying to be average on defense and kind of duplicate what they did on offense because that offense was was dangerous. Now they've got Jameer Gibbs, who's going to be my fantasy darling this year. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. Lions-Chiefs Thursday, Bears-Packers late Sunday afternoon. We'll, of course, have full reactions on the roundtable to that Lions-Chiefs game on Friday morning with Reggie, and Luke, myself, and Ron Johnson joining the mix. That was a fun show today, gentlemen. Four days away from Vikings football. He's Luke Inman. He's Reggie Wilson, Carol Evans Sports Director and Anchor, and I'm Sam Ekstrom on X at Sam Ekstrom. And follow along to Locked On Sports Minnesota at Locked On M-I-N. Thanks a lot for watching. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot for listening as well, however, however you choose to consume. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun on the Minnesota Football Party. Be blessed. Spread love. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.